You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of jaysfrontcouch.com. This is the second of three episodes that's being recorded before I have to go off to work today because I like the challenge. And I don't know if the Blue Jays feel the same way, but we are going to talk about the absolute final boss-like challenge they dealt with on Sunday against Justin Verlander, which, I I mean, we'll get to that, but it, it seemed inevitable. Um, we're also going to talk about a couple of standout performances from that series against Houston. We're going to wrap up uh, the Houston series with this episode before diving into the first game against Atlanta in the final one, along with some roster moves. But actually, we're going to start with Verlander. We'll go, we'll backtrack because, again, the performances are more all encompassing. So that no hitter. I did not watch that game. I was away. I made a couple remarks on it on Twitter while I was out, but. I was at the beach on that day and just kind of keeping tabs on my phone because, I mean, I we didn't expect a lot out of that game. I mean, when you see the pitching matchup, Justin Verlander against Wilmer Font doesn't speak volumes for what's going to happen in that game. And... Ironically, the Blue Jays actually kept pace with Justin Verlander. And and they did it with their bullpen day, which that's amazing, first of all. Um, shout out to the three guys responsible for that. Wilmer Font, once again, going out there, pitching his two innings, keeping them scoreless, striking out three. Sam Gaviglio coming out with three perfect innings, faced the minimum nine batters, struck out three of them on 29 pitches, ruthlessly efficient uh, work on the mound from Sam Gaviglio, which, okay, let's see you do that a little more regularly. And then Zach Godley coming out after that. Usually you don't get that Gavilio godley tag team, but with the game being bagels, they went for length. And Godley responded with three scoreless innings. He's, he's pitching himself back into the picture at the major league level. I think there's a reason why the Blue Jays haven't designated him for assignment yet. He's got a 394 ERA with the Blue Jays, his whips dropped a fraction down to 1375 since he's been with Toronto. It's actually a better whip than he had last season when he was winning 15 games for Arizona. So there's something there with Godley, I guess, that he's 
found a little bit in in this resurgent role with the Blue Jays. So that's great. It's just a shame that the one pitcher people probably had the most faith in when it came to going toe-to-toe with Justin Verlander on an inning, like one-inning basis. Blue Jays set out Ken Giles, and he got gored by Abraham Toro, the native of Quebec, with the second home run of his career. He's not going to hit a more satisfying one doing that in his home country to get Verlander a win in a no-hitter. I mean, what what can you say about that? The, the story of that game almost outweighed everything about it. And, and again, there's nothing, nothing the Blue Jays could do. I'm glad Kevin Biggio got that walk against Verlander in the first inning just to just to make sure there was no perfect game talk but Verlander did have a perfect game score of 100 according to the Bill James metric and again no hitter 14 strikeouts you need 120 pitches to do it but you knew like there was no way he wasn't going to complete that game like like AJ Hinch could have tried to pull him out for for a closer or something and Justin Verlander would have literally laser melted AJ Hinch in into oblivion. So like he was gonna do that no matter how many games it took. It's his third no hitter. Second one he's thrown in Canada against the Blue Jays, which that's that's more than any other pitcher in in MLB history. So it's uh I'm actually I've actually got the list. Um it's the first perfect game score since May 4th, 2018 when Verlander's teammate Garrett Cole did that against Arizona, 16 strikeouts in a shutout. The last non-Houston pitcher to actually do it, Max Scherzer for Washington against New York in 2015, when he threw a no-hitter and had 17 strikeouts. Like, there, it was only the 15th perfect game score, which um, Blue Jays fans might remember. Brandon Morrow has one of those with his one-hitter against Tampa Bay. And, yeah, again, there's there's not a lot you can say when you go against a pitcher that dominant at the top of his game. I know, you know, Bo Bichette made the final out, and he was frustrated about that. Just just try, trying to do something against Verlander. But, again, there there's nothing, nothing you can say. When, when you're going against a buzzsaw like that. And I give the Blue Jays credit. They fought as best as they could. But it just was not there. You, you couldn't do anything about that. So um, just a reminder that we, I, we do have positive things to talk about. I, I will say that. Um, 
But we are going to head into a break that is sponsored by Bombas. Bombas are what feet dream about. And with every pair of socks purchased, one pair is donated by your Bombas at Bombas, B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash locked and get 20% off your first purchase. We thank them for their support. And just a reminder that this episode is actually sponsored by Postmates. When you need wine at 4 p.m., when you need dinner at 9 p.m., when you need aspirin at 3 a.m., you can call Postmates and they will get it directly to your door because they are the personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever you need delivery all year round. Anything you want, Postmates can deliver. It's the largest on-demand network in the U.S. They have an entire network of stores available 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Don't have to go to the store. You just have to download an app on your phone. You do that anyway. You download like whatever random game is coming up. I I downloaded Pokemon Masters and it's frustrating, but whatever. I'm getting through it. Download on iPhone or Android for free. You get to browse local restaurants and for a limited time, Postmates is giving listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. So to start that, you just download the app and use the code locked on, and that's a hundred bucks for you. And you get to track your delivery in real time. So you get that added bonus of entertainment. So that's code locked on for $100 of free delivery credit with your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. So anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it, download Postmates and save with the code locked on. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back. So, again, I did want to highlight some positive performances from the weekend. And I have three in particular that we're going to we're going to look at. First of all, let's start with Kevin Biggio who just, you know, Kept lighting up his former, well, his dad's team. The the team that his dad is wearing on his head in Cooperstown. Kevin uh, Biggio just, you know, not, not only was he that effective, he completely ended Devin Travis's Blue Jays career with, with a performance like that. Had the home run in the Friday game, two for three. In the Saturday game, again, drew the walk that kept Verlander from a perfect game on Sunday. So just a nice, well-rounded performance from him. Um, That on-base percentage is still nice and high. Um, It was 345 at the end of that series. Actually, it's at 344 now, but just... Again, a nice, well-rounded performance from him. Also, want to give a shout-out to Reese McGuire, who, even though he went 0-3 in the no-hitter against Verlander, still batted 500 during the series with that 3-for-3 performance on Friday. Uh, Reese is showing a lot more with the bat than I think a lot of people thought they would get out of Reese McGuire, who was known more as a defense first catcher when they acquired him from Pittsburgh and showing that that could be different. He's not, he's not an on-base guy. He doesn't draw the walks um, like 
like a Danny Jansen's capable of, but he's shown the ability to hit it to all spots of the outfield. And if you can get any kind of offensive production from your catcher, that's always going to be a plus. And it actually might give the Blue Jays another trade chip if they want to start looking at acquiring pitchers through the trade route. There are a lot of catchers in the Blue Jays system that are on the come up. Um, guys like Alejandro Kirk and Christopher Beck. They just drafted Philip Clark. There's a lot of backstop options for a backup if the Blue Jays want to go that route. Now, maybe maybe they don't want to do that next year because some of these guys are a little bit away. And I know fans love Reese McGuire. And anytime you get to reference a candy with a, with a player, you're doing all right. But if you're thinking solely as a general manager and you have a guy who is performing like this, um, a bit above his head, you start to think, well, what can we do with Reese McGuire if Danny Jansen is going to be the main catcher and we have this backup who's performing like a starter at a position where starters are at a premium? I mean, there's a reason Martin Maldonado still has work. <laughs> so it it's another option that the Blue Jays could potentially explore in, in order to get pitching help because they have all these position players coming. Some of them are already here. But anytime you have that kind of found value, much like we learned when Eric Sogard was here, you want to use it as soon as you can. And speaking of found value, there might be a return in value for Clay Buckles, who got the win in that Houston series. Another solid outing for the former Red Sox and Diamondback. Five and two-thirds innings, only gave up three hits to five walks is brutal. But he was able to get around that with a lot of double plays, just tappers back to the mound. And that's the Clay Buckles experience in the late 2010s. He's going to pitch to contact. He's going to try and get those soft ground balls or the those soft pop-ups. And he's been effective at doing that since his return from the DL. And if he shows he can continue to do that, he's probably pitching himself into another contract. I know it sounds crazy for this Blue Jays team that their rotation options at the top maybe just to bring back Matt Shoemaker and bring back Clay Buckles. But if you got options in-house that are already familiar with your system, then that makes a lot more sense than trying to bring in other guys. Especially if you think the rest of the rotation can be filled out with guys that are currently in the system. Now, obviously, if they can go out and get a guy like Garrett Cole, or I heard on Tim and Sid, J.P. Morosi was talking about Jake Odorizzi, who has experience pitching in the AL East, obviously you go for it, because those guys are better. But there are decent fallback options in the organization, and I think the Blue Jays are probably going to look at that, especially if Clay Buckles can churn out another couple good starts. He'll be pitching in Tampa Bay during that four-game series. So if Buckles can do that and, 
you know, give, give the Blue Jays another option to think about so they don't have to go through this roster churn, then that's going to be a positive and that's, that's going to be something they're going to look at. So congrats to Clay. You may have a job here next year. Anyway, there, there are some accolades from that Houston series. We're finally going to put a bow on it. Just a reminder, if you're not following me on Twitter, you should probably do that because that's where I usually am when it comes to these Blue Jays interactions. So do that at A underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb. Subscribe to the podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Himalaya, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. You can make sure you don't miss an episode, especially when we have to do these triple headers. And follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's on the social medias. We do stuff sometimes. So make sure you don't miss that. Anyway. I look forward to talking about Josh Donaldson in the final episode of the day. So for everyone at the Lockdown Podcast Network and everyone at jaysfromthecouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care. 